Hey, this is Tolly Wilkins of Captivate Church, and we're so glad you've joined us on our podcast today. This is one way that we can take our message from Baltimore all across the world. We pray that today encourages you, inspires you to become the man or woman that God's designed you to be. If you are, I don't presume any of you um, follow me on social media, but I, I shared this a little bit on social media, and I was like, yeah, it totally weaves into what I'm going to talk about anyway. So I, um, I, I went out this week, I decided to do something different, and I went out to uh, Lock Raven, and I didn't know for a lot of years, just because I'm an idiot, I didn't know that you could rent boats on Lock Raven. And uh, so last season, last year, I had a friend that had mentioned it, that they had, there was a couple of pastors, they went in on a boat, and they, they bought this little boat, and then each week they would take turns, or else sometimes they'd go out fishing together. And so I was like, that is a cool idea. And so I did the math, because I'm smart. And I was like, oh, I could just rent a boat and it'd be a whole lot cheaper. So I, I went out uh, this week and uh, as I was writing today's message and I went out on a boat and it was the most relaxing thing ever. I fully, fully, fully endorse it. Just don't go when I'm there because I, I need to be alone. But uh, I'm just kidding. But I, I, I really do need to be alone. But I go out there and uh, there's like nobody in sight and I find it was uh, peaceful and um, found a place where it's just like the geese and the frogs and, and me. And uh, so I'm in their space, so I'm just like, please, please don't poop on me. But other than that, let's enjoy the time. So I, I went out and uh, had a great, great time, and I was out there for a couple of hours and everything. And these are tiny, tiny electric motors. And as I was headed back in, um, my phone had already died earlier in the day because it was kind of a spur-of-the-moment thing. I just grabbed a few um, uh, LaCroix waters and uh, went out. So that's really all I had. And, and so I, I didn't think it all the way through. And I got out there and realized I should have thought some stuff through. And one of them was a USB cord because my phone died. And I was like, oh, well, there you go. And then uh, the other thing was that the motor on the, the boat itself, it, um, I was headed back in and a, about a little over half a mile or so out, I could see the place, but I was way too far away. And uh, my motor burnt up. First time out, motor burnt out. Now, remember, I'm the guy at the front counter was just like, look, and I told him straight up, I was like, I know I might appear to be somebody that should know this stuff, but I said, talk to me like I'm a kindergartner. I, I did. I told the guy this. I was like, what am, I, what am I about to go do? What do I need to do? And he was like, ah, you'll be fine. Like, literally, that was his instructions. You'll be fine. So I was like, awesome. So I get out there, and my motor burns up, and I'm sitting there. Now, here's the deal. It wasn't like a life, you know, emergency. I, I could see other like fishermen, people that knew what they were doing, you know. They like look like they had gear, like they've done this before. And I'm out there with my, my leather saddlebag, you know. Uh, Hi, I'm the preacher, you know. And so that's where I was. And I was just like, okay. So listen, I could, I could really be that guy for all these fishermen people. And I could say, hey, I need help over here. Well, why do you need help? Well, I forgot my charger. <laughs> you know, it's just like, it's, I don't want to be that guy. So I was like, I'll leave him alone. And I looked over and there are oars on the side of the boat. And I was like, I think I could do this. I remember watching a row team at, <laughs> at, the, at the Olympics one time. And so I was like, I, I put the oars in and I was like, okay, I think the people doing the rowing have to face backwards. Like they can't see where they're going. I was like, this will be perfect. 
So, so I stuck the oars in, and then I begin doing this thing, and I'm doing pretty good, but then I look up, and I'm like, wow, you're headed towards the trees. And I realized I wasn't getting, like, my left oar all the way in, so I was just, like, paddling, basically, one way. So then I got all that straight, and I keep checking, I keep checking, and I'm doing pretty good, but then I'm tired, and I'm, like, old and out of shape, and I'm just like, all of your life's realities start to hit you at once when you're asked to paddle in yourself from a from the middle of a lake. And so uh, I'm, I'm just like, man, this, I, when I was a kid, this used to go a lot better, but this isn't working out. And so I, I get all the way in there and I, I pull up to the dock and I said to the guy, I said, hey, I don't think I'm stupid enough to have run out of battery power, but could you check? I think the motor went up. And so the guy, he, super nice guy, but he really kind of gave me the look like, oh, leather bag, you look like you're a preacher. And, and so he was like, fine, I'll get a battery and I'll check it. And sure enough, uh, praise be to the Lord Jesus on high. The motor had burnt up. And so I wasn't a complete moron. And a partial moron, not complete moron. And so he goes and they, they gave me a ticket for the day and everything like that. And, and it was great. And it was ironic because the leverage that I wanted to talk to you guys about today, um, the leverage that God was talking to me about this week, uh, is the leverage of prayer the leverage of prayer. And uh, I was thinking, you know, being out there, it was a lack of preparation and it was a lack of power that put me in that spot. Lack of preparation and a lack of power. And I think about prayer and I'm like, dear Lord, thank you. Like you gave me the perfect illustration to start off. People will get it. That, yeah, a lack of preparation, when you put yourself in certain situations without prayer, without consulting God, without going and check with God first, and if you don't have the Lord's power behind whatever it is you're doing, you're going to be dead in the water. How easy does that write itself? It's almost like I should get back my paycheck, but I won't. So here's the thing. Here's the thing. We don't pray so we don't see God's power. We don't see God as powerful. So we don't pray. Because we're, we're, it's a chicken and an egg type of thing with us, right? Like we, we, don't, we don't pray so we're not acknowledging when his power comes through for us. And these, we just look at life as a series of happenstance and circumstance. And that is God's pseudonym, circumstance. And, and so we, because we're not praying before we set out on whatever we do, whenever it turns out well, whenever God comes in, whenever God comes to the rescue, whenever God moves the boulders or the mountains that you needed, whenever God has a yes at the end of your question, when all of that happens, you don't recognize it as God's power because I didn't pray. He just graciously blessed you anyway. He graciously gave you mercy. He graciously gave you favor. I joke all the time with the kids that favor's not fair. Lights turn green, favor's not fair. Get a parking lot or a parking spot, favor's not fair. I joke around, but the truth is, it's not. But the, here's the deal. When God gives favor, when God allows the sun to shine on the just and the unjust, it's the one who prayed that understands that it was God who let the sun shine on him. And so it may not be that, that God didn't uphold his end of the bargain. It may be just simply because we don't pray, we don't see his power. And then when you do enough of life without praying, you begin to see God as powerless. So because you see him as powerless, it's a cycle. 
you turn around and you don't pray because you say, well, does God really have power? And so the leverage that, that, that we have in this life is through prayer. Jesus said, if you say to this, if you say to this mountain to move, it'll move. If you have the faith of a mustard seed, the leverage, what is that leverage? That leverage is communicating with God in prayer. When we leverage prayer, we leverage power. When we leverage prayer, we leverage power. It's not just we say a few words into the cosmos. It's the fact that we're crying out to the God that made us all just with his words. He, he, he made all of this that you see and experience and, and, and touch and take in. He, he did it all through his breath. That the last song that we just sang, it is your breath in our lungs. It, it's, a, it's, it's going back to Genesis. How were mankind created? It was the breath of God. When we talk about the word of God, it, it's, it's often translated the word that is used. It's the breath of God. It's the, it, it's the inner parts of God just breathed out to us. So when we tap in, when we leverage prayer, we're tapping into power. I want to read a, a passage. We're going to look at a passage that you're, you know very, very well today. My, my whole goal today isn't so much um, as, as educating you with new things. It's to remind you of a few old things you might have already known, but maybe you don't practice. And I got news for you. When the game time comes in your life, when the tragedy strikes, when the death occurs, when the sickness, when the doctor's note, when, when the car accident, when all these things come, that's not the time to practice. It's too late to practice when you get to the tragedy. But I found that many of us, when I talk to Christ followers one-on-one, -on -one, many of us will put our head down in shame and just say, I don't leverage prayer. I don't communicate with God outwardly, intentionally, on purpose, very often. I kind of just ask God to be there as my spiritual safety net, and, and I kind of just throw out a few Hail Marys once in a while when I get in a jam. But in terms of effectual, fervent, righteous, dedicated prayer, I don't really do that a whole lot. And we're not leveraging one of the greatest tools that God's given us, the ability to communicate with him. So Jesus said in the model prayer or the Lord's Prayer, Matthew chapter 6, he says, pray then like this, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day. Now we, we, we zoom into that, don't we? Oh yeah, yeah, get to the part I'm familiar with. Give us. But what is the give us? He tells, Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our debts as we have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Now in a different pas passage, it also goes on. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory and everything. So in pray then like this, Matthew 6, 9. Pray then like this, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Leveraging prayer means give God your praise before you ask for any provision. Give God praise before you ask provision. You say, well, pastor, I, I, don't, I don't really know how to pray. I don't know what to pray. Guess what? Just start off telling God how good he is. It says our father. It means it's relational. It means the, the, the connection between you and God is relational. He's, he's your dad. He's the best dad ever. Even if you had a great dad, he's better than your dad. He's your dad's dad. He's your dad, 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 dad's dad. It's relational. Our father. 
who's in heaven. In heaven, he's outside of your situation. Lord, I'm calling on you because you're outside of my present circumstance. You're outside of time. You're outside of matter. You're outside of the substance that I have. You're outside of all of that. You're above all of this situation. You can totally reach in. You can handle it. You can add value. And your value is eternal value. It won't be temporary. It won't be short-circuited. It won't be like, like politicians that are just here to feed me something in the short run. No, Lord, when you change the situation, you're adding eternal value into my life. Hallowed be your name. What does it mean? It means holy and sanctified. He says, look, Lord, your name is holy. You're set apart. I'm calling on the one that is holy and righteous and, and, and true. He is set apart. It's acknowledging a truth that exists in reality. Your theology, if you're a Christ follower, your theology is that he is set apart. He is holy. That's what makes him unique. That's what made Jesus an appropriate sacrifice was because he was set apart. He wasn't like the rest of us. He had no sin. He was sinless. He is sinless. He's pure. And so you're calling all of that out about him. He's unstained by the world. You, you see, John Piper says it this way. When God sanctifies us, it means he makes us holy. But when we sanctify God, it means that we treat him as holy. You see, when we say, God, sanctify us, cleanse us, make us holy, it's a change that has to happen. When we say, Lord, you are holy, it's an acknowledgement of what already is. And we begin to adjust ourselves to talk to the Holy One, the one that's above everything, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, the one that was before, the one that'll be after, the one that knows every thought that goes through my head and he loves me anyway. That's who we're talking to. So in prayer, you say, look, I don't, know, I don't know where to start. I don't know how much to pray. Guess what? If you just started counting the small things, if you just started celebrating those, if you just started praising God from the beginning, you'll never run out of stuff. Your kingdom come, your will be done, verse 10, on earth as it is in heaven. If you're leveraging prayer, the most powerful prayer is the prayer of surrender. What does it mean? Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. How are things done in heaven? They're free from the obstructions of sin. Lord, do here what you could do if nobody put sin in the picture. Lord, do in me, in my heart, whatever you would do in me if I didn't keep throwing sin in. If I didn't kind of keep trying to take the wheel from you. If I didn't try to have my way over your way. Lord, do that. That's a prayer of surrender, my friends. That's a prayer of, of, Lord, have your way. Whatever I'm about to pray, whatever positions, provisions that might come up, whatever hopes and dreams and aspirations that keep getting me discouraged. You know, discouragement or depression, discouragement is the result of failed expectations. Because discouragement is the result of failed expectation, sometimes the cure to discouragement is to simply change my expectations. And so this prayer says, Lord, you are holy and you're righteous and you're pure and you're powerful. This is who you really are. Either God is nothing or he's all these things. And if he's all these things, the, the natural flow out of that is, Lord, just have your way here like you do in heaven. Unobstructed by me. You know what that means? That means, Lord, I surrender even my expectations to you. What I love about meeting an, an older, wiser person is a lot of times, they don't get as animated as the rest of us. They don't get as animated 
as, as we are when we're younger. When we're, when we're, we're, the younger we are, the more loud we are, the more changes we want, the more movement we want. And, and when you meet somebody that's kind of been around the block a little bit, they've altered their expectations. Somebody lets them down, they go, okay. Why? Because they understand I was wrong in the first place to set an expectation that people would act holy if they're not. Christ followers, the reason you don't run around yelling at people who don't know Christ is your, your expectation is aligned with God's. Like, hey, they don't know me. Of course they're not going to follow me. How about I treat them like one that's made in the image of God, not necessarily wait till their behavior shows me how I treat them. Expectations. But so, Lord, I want you to have your way in heaven as you do on earth. What would your relationships look like free from sin? What would your home look like if God was having his way and sin was not? What does your community, city, region look like if there's no sin getting in God's way? What would God do? What would it look like? Verse 11, give us this day our daily bread. Our leveraging prayer, pray for um, daily bread. Praying for daily bread gives us praise for daily blessing. We often reserve our appreciation to God for the big thing, the earth-shattering thing, the thing that just changes the course of history for us. And you know what the reality is? Those things come time and again. But if that's how you're holding out your prayer, if that's what your prayer life is, it's like, Lord, I'm going to give you a crazy praise when you do something crazy big. The only crazy one is us. But what if we adopted this prayer that Jesus told us to? What if we said, Lord, I'm going to praise you for today's daily bread. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to pray for the small things, and I'm going to praise you for small things. You know what would happen is you get to the end, and you'd look back, and you say, wow, those small things added up to a big thing. My best friend John, as many, as you, many of you know, my best friend John celebrated two years sober this week on Friday. And that's awesome. He's not here, but he'll watch the video, I'm sure. Go ahead. There you go. You go. You're welcome, John. But uh, here's, the, here's the deal with that, celeb- that, that, that celebration. Everybody, he's fantastic with helping others as well through it. But when I've been around him and hear him tell, tell his story or even share with me privately kind of his wrestling match with different things, you know what he told me? He, he said, Tali, everybody wants to know, like, how do, I, how do I just get sober? And he said, what, I, what I've discovered, what I realized is, is that, yes, I, I pray for sobriety for the rest of my life, but that's not a good prayer. He said, you know what my prayer is? My prayer is when I wake up, Lord, help me to be sober today. Today. And this is, a, this is a, the idea of just one day at a time. If you talk to anybody that's been through recovery, like that's, based, that's, all, yeah, that's how you do it. That's how you do it. But we don't apply that truth to our day-to-day lives. If you say, well, that's not for me. I'm not, I'm not drunk. Yeah, you are. You're drunk with ambition. You're drunk with lust, you're drunk with desire, you're drunk with power and wealth, you're drunk with other stuff. You're not thinking clearly. And so we've got to come every day and just say, Lord, give me today my daily bread. All I need you to be Lord of is today for me. And at the end of the night, you go, Lord, I praise you. You gave me provision today. It's so much easier for the church in the third world to pray this way because it's real. Because when they say, Lord, will you provide for me today? And he provides for today. 
It's a real prayer of celebration. For us, God doesn't get credit. Do you know how smart I am? No matter how many hours I worked, do you know how strong I am? And as a result, we just drift and drift and drift. And we run out of power and we end up far from shore. How many of us fail because we're praying for a degree without praying over our homework? We're praying for the promotion without praying for our attitude around the office. We're praying for the corner office when we should be praying over that cubicle. The Lord's model prayer is for daily sustenance. And eventually it all adds up to a life well lived and a life well blessed. You want to be better at praise? Be better at prayer. He goes on the last two verses in this passage we're discussing today. And forgive us our debts. Other, another version, your version might say trespasses. As we also have forgiven our debtors or those that trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. You want to leverage prayer? Leverage prayer can lead us to Christian love. Lord, treat me as I treat others. You want, to, you want to change your life? Pray that prayer. Wake up in the morning, say, Lord, treat me the way that I treat other people. Lord, 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 I, I want you to forgive me as we have forgiven others. Lord, hold me accountable for my brokenness the way that I hold other people around me accountable for their brokenness. You know what would slow down if you prayed that prayer every day? Gossip, backbiting, jealousy, envy, anger, rage, flying off at our mouth. All of that would change. All of a sudden, you'd become a loving human. How awesome is that? This is right there in Jesus' model prayer, the Lord's prayer. He says, hey, you know what? You know what? You should pray to God. You should pray that, check this out, check this out, guys. You should pray that your God in heaven does to you what you do to other people. Yes. <laughs> and we're like, oh, I don't think I can pray that. Well, why not? You go to church, carry a Bible. I like big Bibles and I cannot lie. So you do all these Christian things. Why can't you pray, Lord, treat me the way that I treat others? You know why we can't do it? Because we're hypocrites. I don't, I don't like how he called me a name. Well, then stop being a hypocrite. I won't be able to say that to you. I'll just be like, no, they, they live according to what they believe. Yeah, it matches. But this is what Jesus told us to pray. He said, hey, pray that, that you'll be forgiven the way that you forgive others. Pray that, that God will forgive your brokenness towards him the way that you're forgiving others towards you. Pray this. You see, we read that and we read it all the time and we read it like, yeah, yeah, yeah. We get the front page, right? Like we like the first page of that. Lord, forgive me. We're like, yeah, I could pray that, I could pray that, I could pray that. 
No, no, no. It says as. Everybody say as. See, a crude thought came through my mind, Elder Ed. Get off your ass. So, as we also, as we also forgiven our debtors, what if you could leverage prayer to grow in your love? Would that be worth it? What if you could leverage prayer to grow closer to Jesus? Would that be worth it? What if you could, you, you didn't use prayer, but you let prayer use you? The Christian is a person who makes it easy for others to believe in God. Robert Murray McShane said, the Christian, look at this, is the person who makes it easy for others to believe in God. I read that quote again this week and I was just like, brilliant. Who's a Christian? Well, the one that makes it easy for you to love God. So what about the person that says they were baptized and saved and they grew up in the church and then they treat me like a jerk? Are they a Christian? Eh. I don't know. Because the people that follow Jesus and, and walk according to Jesus, what is a Christian? A Christ follower. The people that are following Jesus are going to pray prayers like this that say, Lord, you give me what I'm giving out to others. And by default, it'll shift what I'm giving out to others. And so, Lord, the prayer is not so much change the world, change them, change my husband, change my wife. It's, Lord, change me. Change me. The Christian is a person who makes it easy for others to believe in God. What if you sought from God only that which you gave to others? Would that change how you cared for the orphan, the widow, the poor, the person who offended you? the person that made you angry, would any of that change if your prayer was literally, Lord, it's okay to treat me the way I'm treating others? Yes, it would. It absolutely would. What if you leveraged a prayer life that made it easier for others to experience heaven? What if you looked at prayer and say, if I leverage this right, I'm not going to leverage this for wealth. I'm not going to leverage this for power. I'm not going to leverage this to get one over on others. I'm not going to leverage this to be devoid of pain. I'm going to leverage this thing called prayer. Because when I, when I push down on prayer, it might move somebody into the heaven column who is headed for the hell column. If only by my obedience. That's all you really have at the end of the day, right? You've got stuff. You've got a little money. You've got education. But at the end of the day, all you really have to offer Jesus is your obedience. It's all we really have is our yes. It's our yes. What we give to God every single day in our faith journey is, is a yes or a no. But what if you could leverage your yes. And it ultimately ended with somebody going to heaven because they looked at you and they go, I saw a Christian. I saw a Christian. Church, prayer is not about what you can get, but about who you can become. Prayer is not about what you can get, but about the who you can become.
Maybe today we would say, Lord, help me to leverage prayer in a new way. Help me to, to recognize you and give you the praise and you the glory that is owed to you only above everyone and everything else. Lord, help me to, to, to leverage prayer to get myself out of the way. May your kingdom come. May your will be done. Let me lower the bridge of my expectations and allow you to walk through and give me what you would want. Lord, what if I could just simply ask for the daily bread? What if I was able to ask for the bunts and the base hits instead of the home run all the time? What if I was giving you praise for the daily bread? And Lord, what would happen in my life if I asked you to treat me the way I treated others? Lord, I think I would become more loving. I would leverage prayer to become a new version of me. And then, oh yeah, what is it? At the end of it all, somebody might go to heaven because they see a real Christian. I think that's worth leveraging prayer. You see, many of us, we don't want to pray in public. Some of us, it's true stage fright. For, for a very few people, I've noticed it's genuine just in front of others. They have a real prayer life. They really do walk with God. But I've got news for you. For the vast majority of people that I know who have a daily prayer life and they walk with Jesus every day, for the vast majority of people that I know, they don't mind if you're there when they're talking to God. Because to them, it's old habit. I do this every day. I do this all day. I do this. If you want to hear me while I talk to my God, feel free. If you don't want to hear me while I talk to my God, good on you. I'm going to talk to my God. But the truth is, I think we give each other cover in praying sometimes because the reality is we don't pray by ourselves. So we don't feel adequate to pray in front of others. You want to change that? You want to leverage something that will change that whole situation for you, pray daily, pray often, pray about everything. Talk to your dad in heaven. He's your father. He loves you. He knows you best and he loves you most. Leverage it. You'll give him more glory and praise. You'll bless him more often. You'll change on the inside and other people will meet Jesus because you're a real Christian. They can see it. Let's pray.